February, 2022, winter. This one so cold, dark, eternal. Outside the window, a moon encased in ice vapor, cradled in the forest's naked embrace. A languid ascent from the realm of dreams, a gentle command, release to receive, be open to that which you never considered. J.D. Rizzo, La Vagabond versus The Machine, February 26, 2023. Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I am delighted and thrilled that writer Julie Rizzo from her Substack Wish I Were Here blog and I are connecting Vancouver and Northern Michigan for a discussion on a winter walk. Julie has created a space that welcomes authentic conversations. She writes that many years ago, She chose to follow an unmarked path, one filled with detours, dead ends, hitchhikers, kitsy roadside attractions, and unexpected destinations. Wish I Were Here is Julie's travel memoir that explores her journeys through place and time. She inspires readers to live their personal stories and to recognize the connection to nature and all creatures who share our world. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting conversation on tea, toast, and trivia. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for tracking me down and inviting me again. It's always nice to talk to you. You have introduced a special idea. It's called the Winter Walk. And in a recent email, you said that winter is a metaphor for what lies beneath, that which can only be accessed during the big sleep. We grow more at this time than any other season, if we choose. Could you elaborate on that theme? When we think of winter, We think that things have died and nothing's going on. But in fact, the only thing that has died are parts of things. The trees haven't died, just the leaves on trees have died. Winter gives the illusion that nature is dead, that nothing's going on, when in fact, this imposed rest is absolutely crucial for rebirth. That's what happens to us in autumn. We let go of certain things. And then we settle in for the big sleep. I want to talk about the importance of sleep in our lives and the fact that it's been dismissed as an indulgence rather than a necessity. We live in a society where work is glorified. We all know those people who brag about, oh, I only need four hours of sleep a night. But you also can't focus on anything long enough to finish it. It's taken a toll on our mental health and physical health. There's like an epidemic of ADHD. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But I would assume there's a connection between our current 
sleep difficulties that we have as a society and a lot of the mental illness that's also an epidemic in our society. That's an interesting point, the idea of sleep. Why do you think sleep is important? Because it allows our subconscious mind to get down to work. We dismiss it as being unproductive when in fact the opposite is true. Maybe we dismiss it because we don't understand it. It's a mystery, the subconscious mind, how it works during sleep. I've always had a very rich dream life. I've learned a lot from my dreams. I don't know if you've noticed, but I often incorporate dreams into my writing because they are relevant to what's going on in the actual story. I've read a lot about dream analysis. Sometimes you have those dreams that are just kind of like a brain dump and make absolutely no sense. A lot of times that has to do with what you ate. (laughs) (laughs) I've had so many dreams that just tell me what I need to know. But even in sleep, there's that territory that goes beyond the realm of dreams, what it is delta, where you get really, really deep. That is absolutely crucial for mental health. I saw something the other day. I didn't have time to read it. I think I just saw it in passing, an article that said something about the connection between the deepest sleep and if you have the lack of the deepest sleep, there's a connection with dementia. They're working on helping people attain this deep, deep sleep to hopefully to help prevent dementia. People are starting to recognize that we, we need sleep and we need rest. Talking about sleep is very important. And this goes on to the next question. Your words, we grow more at this time than any other season, if we choose, gave me pause. Many times we feel that choice has been denied. How can we embrace the power of solitude to ignite our courage? People have an absolute fear of solitude. So even just attempting to enter into solitude is a courageous act. And it's really sad because people are afraid of their own minds. It's like, what are you afraid of? There's nothing there to hurt you. In winter, it's this quiet time. It's this dark. It's this sleep. It's this rest, silence. There's no noise. There's not a lot of color. What other season invokes such strong emotions than winter? Do you ever hear anybody say, I hate summer or I hate spring? Maybe fall sometimes makes people a little sad. Very rarely do you say, I love winter. I like it. It's hard. In Michigan, we have sometimes two months where we don't see the sun. It's just gloom. It's gray. It's hard. But try to go through a difficult time. You just kind of slog through it. And then at the end, there's spring and rebirth. But getting back to the the choice, we all have a choice. There's sometimes we think, okay, I made that decision 20 years ago. Now I got to stick to it. No, you don't. It doesn't mean you're flaky if you change and you grow. Taking the time in solitude to reflect. I'm unhappy. What can I do to change it? Very rarely the right choice is the easiest choice. I know I've made hard choices. But if you act with integrity, if your choice involves others, but more importantly, towards yourself things will work out okay. It might be hard at first, in my experience, because I've made some very hard decisions. Thought about others' happiness before mine, and you made this decision, you have to stick with it because that's what people do. I've never regretted it, and it's worked out okay for everyone involved. Acting with integrity. And I think that when you're in solitude and you give yourself that time alone to just talk to yourself 
and to ask yourself, what do you want and how can you get there? You mentioned time. Time is very important in this, isn't it? We don't have forever. We have one life. People say, oh, I'll deal with it later. I'll get through this now, but later on, I'll deal with it. You don't have a lot of time. You could, you could die anytime. If you have the courage to go into solitude and stay there for as long as it takes, you'll get the courage to make the right choice. If you make the right choice, of course, you have to make the choice to evolve, and which is never easy. I am very interested in your evolution of your blog. Wish I Were Here is the title of your blog, which represents your journey through place and time. You have defined your here as the calm place within. We first met through WordPress, but in 2022, you transitioned to the Substack platform, which offers free and paid subscriptions. How did you come to this decision? And tell us more about your experiences with Substack. Well, I'd been on WordPress for 10 years. I had had amassed what appeared to be quite a lot of subscribers and readers and respect from the community, but I felt like it was stagnating. I felt like I was feeling restless. It just seemed to be very repetitious. Also, I was needing more silence. And then I discovered Substack, and I really liked their whole philosophy. They don't censor people unless it's something overtly violent. They allow people to make their own choices on what they read. They also do not make their money from ads. You're not getting recommendations based on algorithms. Your data is not being harvested and sold. I just really like that philosophy of allowing this freedom of expression. I decided to make the move. I also decided when I made that move to disable likes and comments. I still interact with many of my readers that I've known for years, but it's privately via email. I specifically stated, don't feel obligated to comment if you don't feel like it. If you just want to think this over, I know people are reading. You know on Substack, you can see if people read. I'm still getting very high engagement, but they don't need to say anything. And I did that to myself too. I said, I am still reading your blogs, but I am not going to comment unless I really feel like I have to. The writing was a benefit to myself first for my own development. And I just decided to put it out there basically just to have a place to put it. And people started reading and people started commenting. And then a lot of people started reading. And I realized people were getting some benefit from this. I've always been a writer first. I don't need to communicate. That was never my motivation at all. I just managed to meet a lot of really nice people, my friends, and that was just a nice benefit to it. I've been lucky. I mean, I write stuff that's very much on the verge of being controversial, if not controversial. And I haven't had any what they used to call flame wars or people criticizing me or anything like that, which I think is kind of amazing. But then again, I never say in my writing, you need to believe like I do. In fact, I say quite the opposite. This is what I feel. This is what the conclusions I've come to. You know, now you come to your own. I don't try to force my beliefs on people. What I appreciate about the silence that you have now in place in your blog 
is that allows me to enter your writing in a more free form. I don't have to respond in a way that I think maybe I should add to this conversation. Because what you have brought to Substack is the idea that you read and you invite me to reflect on my own. And that goes back to the idea of you having solitude. You think solitude is somewhere that brings us closer to ourselves. And in your Substack posts, that is what I feel. You invite us to solitude. Oh, wow. That's awesome because that's exactly what I was trying to do. I don't read comments anymore when I read other people's work because I don't want to be influenced. Like, what did this person or what do other people think about this? It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, sometimes you can get something from that, but what's most important is how you feel about it and to not let your own feelings be influenced by someone else's thoughts. So that's great. That's exactly what I wanted. And I hope other readers feel the same way. I have had some people lament the loss of my comment section. And I stood firm and said, no, I need this. This is purely selfish on my part, secretly hoping that they would get it. Hopefully they have. You know, eventually just understand this is about you. I mean, comment sections, I do glance at the Substack ones that we get in the chat. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing here. Self-promotion or people trying to start stuff. And like I said earlier, my comment section was never like that. I had a very rich comment section, but it gives you that freedom to just reflect on your own and no pressure to share your thoughts. And so I'm very happy to hear that. Julie, you have been an extraordinary guest this morning. And as we leave this conversation, which I do not want to leave, know that it will continue in the future. Thank you, Rebecca, because it's always so nice to talk to you. You have a way of bringing things out in me and making me feel comfortable to speak. It's so nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Is there anything else that you would like to add? As far as anyone who may be listening, if there's one thing you can take away from this, don't be afraid of your own mind. Don't be afraid to be alone with yourself. There's so much inside of you and just shut everything else off. Allow yourself to listen to yourself and love your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining Julie and me on Tea, Toast and Trivia. And a very special thank you, Julie, for sharing your insights on a winter walk, on sleep, on creativity. You create a space for personal reflection and communication with nature. You have inspired me, and I know that you have encouraged listeners to recognize the importance of solitude, of seeking an inner journey. It is where our story begins and becomes interwoven within the fabric of all that has come before and all that will come after. I invite you to meet up with Julie on Wish I Were Here. It is a place that inspires us to wait, listen to our hearts, discover our dreams, and walk with nature in peace with ourselves and with all who walk this earth. Until next time we meet, dear friends, safe travels wherever your adventures lead you.